Hi there, welcome to Series 2 of the Release the Sound podcast, where we talk all things prophetic worship. I'm Roma Waterman, and it is my passion to empower, to educate, encourage, and equip you to release a sound of heaven that transforms the communities that you are a part of. So stay tuned, listen to some amazing guests, and be blessed. Thanks for joining me. Hi friends, welcome back to another episode of Release the Sound, a podcast on prophetic worship. Guys, I'm just so thankful for you. Thank you for your emails and messages that we receive every week. And also a big thank you to those who have sponsored financially. My goodness, what a blessing it is to be able to make this podcast free. And it's because of your financial contributions that we're able to cover the costs and do that. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, you can click a link That'll be in the text of this podcast, wherever you're listening to it, to our Buy Me Coffee page. And you can sponsor us. You can sponsor an episode, which costs about $100 to make. You could sponsor a season. You can sponsor $5 if you want to. But it all goes towards this podcast and making it available to everyone around the world. So I'm so thankful that you do that. Thank you deeply for investing into it. Now, with the rain in the background, I don't know if you can hear all the rain. It's very, very stormy weather here in Melbourne, Australia, but it'll just make it nice and cozy for you to have a listen if you can hear it pattering in the background. But I want to talk to you today about something I'm super passionate about, and that is how you find the song of the Lord in the sound of your people. What do I mean by that? Well, each church, each nation, each state, each region We all have a unique sound in the context of worship in our own communities, and we want to find that sound. And the reason why we want to find it is because different sounds, different words, they mean something. They have a different type of value depending on who we're singing to. So here's a basic example, all right? If I am going to do a whole worship set in Australia in the language of Italian, The only people that are going to understand it, people that are Italian or can speak Italian. So it's not going to resonate with a Russian person or a Greek person or an Australian that doesn't have any context for the Italian way of life. And so it's not going to resonate. It's not going to help people come in line and join with what the Father is wanting to say and what heaven is singing. And that's a very practical, very basic example. But in reality, we're singing a lot of songs in our own native tongue that don't really resonate in a local church context. So, for example, you might be choosing songs that everyone around the world is singing simply just because everybody's singing them. But I want to teach you in this training how you can be more mindful of what is the sound that is the sound of your people that carries the song of the Lord that is just for your community. And the reason why that is important is because when we do that, it is a song that people understand, they resonate with it. And when people resonate with the sound and lyrics that they understand that catches their spirit, they are more likely to partner with what heaven is singing. And then that's where the power of the Holy Spirit comes into full play. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, there's certain songs, you would have had this 
in your lifetime as well, where you sing a song and you're like, oh my goodness, that song is making me emotional. It's making me come alive. Maybe it's a song you listen to when you were a kid or a teenager and you hear it back again and it just sort of catches you in your throat. Or maybe there's a worship song that you've heard and it just seems more alive than the other songs that you're singing. That's because it's captured your heart. It's captured the sound that is on the inside of you. It is resonating with what heaven is wanting to release over you, over your churches. There might be worship songs that you are singing in your church that go better than other songs. This is finding the song of the Lord in the sound of the people, and it's different for everyone. Now, let me just stop for a moment and say that global song, the song that all the churches are singing right now, it might be a Bethel song, it might be a Belonging Co song, Those songs are still needed and important. So we're not saying get rid of all the songs that everybody's singing. That global worship sound, it's beautiful that the churches across nations are singing those as long as it's not at the expense of your local church worship sound. So we need both. There needs to be songs, whether they're being written by your teams or whether they're just songs you're choosing going, this is where we're at right now. This is what's going on in our community. So the themes of this particular song really hit home to us. We need those kind of songs. That's what it means to find the song of the Lord in the sound of the people. So in this training today, I want to show you how you find that song of the Lord, how you find the sound of the people, and what a difference it will make when you're a lot more mindful of that in terms of choosing songs and also writing them. I hope that this will encourage you to write your own songs because you'll understand at the end of this training, that is why songwriting in a local church context is really valuable because you really are singing the songs that are for your community. Now, I want to share some of this training. It's come from my dear friend, Dan McCullum, who's the founder of Sounds of the Nations. And this has been really impacting for me, impacting for the people that I train. And a lot of this is from his teaching that I've used for many, many years. And we've trained thousands of worshippers using this template, and it's been such a blessing to their community. So I want to start with sharing how do you find the sound of your people? What does that mean? Well, it means what is the unique sound of your people group? Now, this doesn't just mean tribal, but everyone has a style that is based on your location the genre, your age groups. I mean, we know that just practically, don't we? That my 19-year-old listens to different songs than I listen to in my age group. Sometimes they cross over, but sometimes they don't. And so what is the demographic of your people? That's where you'll find the sound. And studying that is a really valuable thing. So here's a really basic example. If I decided in Melbourne, Australia to do all my worship songs in the native tongue of Italy, only the people that understand Italian are going to resonate with that sound. But if I do songs that include English, that may even include song phrases that are known to Australia, there is something that will happen. People will understand it that it will be part of them. And that is the unique sound we're looking for. So it's really powerful to actually sit down with a nice bit of paper, journal this even in your team and just go, what's the unique sound of our people group based on that? What are the location that we're in? What is the kind of songs that 
people in our church are listening to right now doesn't necessarily have to be a worship song. It's just like, what's the demographic? What's the age group? What's the type of music that age group listens to? The country that we're in? Those are some examples. You know, if I sing, for example, about the Rose of Sharon, even though that's in the scriptures, that is not a flower that blooms in Australia. So I would need to add context to that. That's actually a desert flower in Israel. And it's a beautiful phrase and it's beautiful imagery. But if I'm singing that in my country, I would need to have context for it so that people would understand it. Same thing for you. What is the unique sound? You're going to find that by studying your people. And it's such a faithful way to serve your communities too. So study your audience. What is their sound? Take notes. In fact, even be aware as you're leading worship at the response from your congregations. What are they doing and how are they responding to specific types of songs? For example, I remember there was a season when we were just emerging in the prophetic movement where a lot of the songs that were declarative and prophetic in nature were the songs that people were coming alive to. And I noticed that some of the other songs that had different themes, and we're going to talk about some of those themes later on in this podcast, they weren't as they weren't really coming as alive to those songs. Now, the reason was because there was a mandate on this church for the prophetic and for that prophetic declaration. It was a season that this church was stepping into. And that's why those songs were really working at the time. So study your audience, study it and start to take notes about what is their sound. You can do some practical research around this as well. What are the sounds that are currently being used in that style of music is important? Is it electric guitar? Is it you might have a church that's very tribal in nature? That's not common, but it's certainly still happening. Is there indigenous instruments to your area? that um, could be included that would really make the song of the Lord rise as an example. Maybe even looking at the top 10 of songs in your region and seeing what's why are they the top 10? Why? What are the sounds of those instruments? Ask some of your young people in your youth group, what's this, the music you're listening to right now if you're wanting to have more of a youthful sound? And then go and listen to it yourself and listen to the instrumentation Listen to the lyrics, listen to the way that the melody rises and falls. This will help you to understand what people are listening to and listening to those different song lists really helps. So don't just stick to what you like. It is so easy to do that the older that you get as well. What language is being used? What is the language of the generation that you're trying to reach? This is the sound of the people and it is just as important as finding out the song of the Lord. Now let's go to the song of the Lord. What do I mean by that? Well, what I mean is what is heaven singing through the unique sound of your people group? What does he want to say? What is on the Lord's heart right now for your community? That's the songs we want to be singing. And this is really a team journey. So what do I mean by that? Don't just listen for yourself. Listen to other listeners. Listen to other people that are hearing the voice of the God, of, of the Lord. That can be the prophets in your house, that's church leaders, people who are inspiring others. Is the breath of heaven on what they are saying? And do you need to flesh that out a little bit more yourself? You can see that a lot of journaling has to take place, but this is such a fun exercise in really narrowing down 
finding those songs that carry the power and the anointing of the Lord for the season that you are in. You can ask questions like, what is God saying right now? What is God saying right now to our church? Go back and have a look at some of the prophetic words that have been spoken. Pull out phrases. And then when you have those phrases, you can say, okay, what songs are speaking into these themes right now that the Lord is speaking over us? Or even better, what songs can we write that carry these themes that are purely just for our people? And you watch what the Lord will do as you do that. So we started with finding the song of the people or the sound of the people. And then what is the song of the Lord? Now, let me just do a little bit of songwriting options for you here. Different types of songs to write within that context. I love the way that Dan McCallum breaks it down. And he breaks it actually down into four songwriting types. And I'm going to describe them for you right now. The first one is petition. The second one is declaration. The third is invocation. And the fourth is invitation. That's petition, declaration, invocation, and adoration. Let me break them down for you. So petition, that is asking the Lord for something. Here's an example of how you can do that. And it's by simply asking this question, what would you ask the Lord for if you could only ask for one thing? What would you ask the Lord for if you could only ask for one thing? And that's not easy, but when you narrow it down and go, actually, right now, this is what we would ask the Lord for right now in our communities. This is a petition. This is asking the Lord for something. And singing prayers like this that are petition-based have often been the fuel for mighty moves of God. It's where we see a hunger for, Lord, this one thing we desire, we want to see take place in our church. That's that. We need more songs like that. Alan Janta, who's our Sounds of the Nations family in India, he is an amazing worship leader who has written many songs that are many that are very well known in India. But there was a time where he was a young worship leader for a congregation of only 26 people. And they, they rented in the basement of a Catholic church in Hyderabad in India. And Alan actually came to one of Dan McCullum's writing schools in America. I love this story. And he learned that he could write prayers for his nation. And I remember Dan sharing the story about Alan, who's also a friend of mine, but he just shared that Alan was like, do I need to write songs in my native tongue? But because I feel like my songs would have more traction if I was writing in English. And Dan, I really encouraged him, yes, by all means, write songs in English, but don't do it at the expense of not releasing the sound of your region and the sound of your people group. And so Alan went back and, and really took that to heart. And he started to write songs that were specifically for his nation. And I love this impacting story of him being in India at the time when Joyce Meyer was coming to India and Joyce Meyer actually saying to her team, is there anybody here that doesn't just sing songs in English, that sings the songs of this region that we're in? And someone from her team apparently just said, look, we only know this one guy who's writing songs. His name's Alan and he's from this tiny church of 26 people but he is writing songs in in the native tongue. And she said, I want that guy to lead worship. And so Alan comes from this church of a small group of people to hundreds of thousands at this event that Joyce Meyer's running. 
And he leads, obviously, some songs in English, but then he writes this song and releases this worship song in his native tongue that is just for India. And the congregation came alive. And that song now is a song that is sung all over India. In fact, I believe it was Martin Smith from Delirious in one of the magazines, the worship magazines, that basically said, Alan is one of the main key songwriters for worship in this nation. It is a song that uh, some people call it the shout to the Lord of India. Here's the lyrics to that song. And, and it's simply, I'm sharing this because it's such a powerful example of finding the song of the Lord in the sound of the people. This is the song that he wrote in English, Open the Windows of Heaven. These are some of the lyrics. Let your glory come, let your fire fall like a sweet-smelling fragrance all across this nation. Lord, we seek your face, we repent of our ways, hear our cries from heaven, come and heal this land. Open the windows of heaven, pour out a blessing across this nation. Lord, we're waiting for something more from you. We are waiting, Lord. What a powerful example of finding the song of the Lord in the sound of the people through the theme of petition. All right, another way that you can write or choose your songs are songs of declaration. So what do I mean by declaration? It's probably self-explanatory, but here's some questions you can ask. What are the distinctive truths that God is highlighting right now, both in Scripture and what is happening in your local church? I always think it's so important to include Scripture in everything that's happening and that the Lord is highlighting. But what are the truths? What is he saying? For me, that story that I just shared about the church that was really moving into that prophetic space, we knew that he was opening up a portal of, of prophecy and the prophetic mantle over this church that's still there today. And so we were like, that's the truth. The Lord is actually raising up the prophetic voice. So what are the distinctive truths that God is highlighting to you right now, both in scripture and in your local church? What does he want you to declare? Another thing that you can think of and ask is what is happening in society right now? What is happening in government? And what are the distinctive truths that are needed? You know, my friends, I don't think we do this enough. I don't think we take into account everything that is happening when we're choosing songs. We sort of stay in our holy huddle and we go, oh, we'll just ignore what's kind of happening. But, you know, there's things happening in nations right now. There are things that are happening in government that need to be addressed by the song of the Lord or with the song of the Lord. Now, that doesn't mean that you sing the problem, but you can sing the truth. You can release the answer and the solution through songs and sounds of declaration. What songs speak into what is happening in your society and government right now? Choose those songs, write those songs. Another question you can ask is, what do I most want to express to God right now? What do we most want to express to God right now? What do you sense he wants to hear from you right now? Journal that as a team even. Write these things down. And the answer to these questions actually become the most natural source of inspiration for writing and choosing worship songs. These songs can also carry repentance or dedication. You know, an example is Heart of Worship by Matt Redman. That is a song of true repentance, but it's also declaring, I'm coming back to the heart of worship where it's all about you. 
So those declaration songs are so important. Another song type is songs of invocation or songs of invitation. That's what invocation means. So invocation songs invite an individual or a congregation into a specific action of praise. And often this invitation will include the attributes of God that inspire specific responses. You know, King David did this. He often used invocations that drew people into worship. We see this, for example, in Psalm 95, verses 6 and 7. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture. Another sound of invocation from the wonderful David is Psalm 47, verses 1 to 2. Clap your hands, all you nations. Shout to God with cries of joy. How awesome is the Lord Most High, the great King over all the earth. You know, you can take note of the fact of these two verses that each invocation contains both an invitational element, you're inviting people in, but then there's also an attribute that relates to the invitation. It's very, very cool when you actually break it down and have a look at that. And you can do that with many of those invitation type songs that David wrote. I love this story that Dan McCullum shares. I'll just read it out to you. I remember a worship service where we sang the Chris Tomlin song, How Great Is Our God. The congregation seemed tired and the song had all the energy of a funeral dirge. Then all of a sudden, I remembered that one of the members of the congregation had just been healed of stage four terminal cancer. I invited him to the platform to testify and the crowd cheered with delight at the testimony of this great healing. When the band started back into the song, How Great Is Our God, it was an explosion of authentic praise. That is the power of singing with revelation and understanding. And this story demonstrates the importance of revelation and reason in a good invocation song. So songs of invitation are powerful. The doxology is another great example of a song of invocation. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above ye heavenly hosts. I want to sing it. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. So the value of songs of invocation in congregational worship is so significant. And often these songs are great used at the front of a service. They often help members of the congregation to enter into specific expressions of worship. So what you're actually doing is you are being directive with your worship. You know, I think a lot of people think that to be prophetically led in worship means you can't have strategy or be directional, but that's part of the prophetic plan, my friends, is you going, what is the song of the Lord? What is the sound of the people? Asking those questions choosing songs of invitation at the beginning and and giving it a theme of where you want it to head, where you want it to go on the Lord's direction is really, really powerful. All right, the final way, the final song style that you can choose or write is songs of adoration. So some a question you can ask around this is, who does the Lord want to be for you today? And sing about that. You know, every one of the names of God is an invitation, actually, to a new encounter. You could just spend your days 
choosing songs out of those names of the Lord and adoring him and, and having that invitation to a new encounter as you do that. These are songs that simply declare who he is and you're not asking for anything. And I find, you know, we did this little exercise once in our worship team where we sat down and we did those four categories and we actually went, okay, let's put all the songs that are in our song list in one of those four categories. So invitation, there were songs of adoration, there were songs of declaration and then obviously songs of petition. And you know what shocked me? We had about 60 songs that we did this in. Do you know how many were in the adoration um, column? Two out of 60 songs. And this really actually was a great exercise for us to do because I realized we had our pastor at the time saying, it doesn't seem that the church really knows how to worship the Lord simply for who he is. Why is that? You know, what's going on? And I realized it was our fault. It's because we weren't including enough songs that were teaching our people to purely worship the Lord for who he is. So having those songs are really important. And also that's a great exercise for you to try is just putting all your song list into one of those four columns and seeing what songs are missing and then actually connecting it back to the the words, the prophetic words and the promises the Lord has spoken over your church. You'll actually find the gaps. You'll see where your strengths are and you'll see that your songs are speaking right into those things and you didn't even realize. Our songs are education for the body of Christ. They are training people. They are teaching people. That's not manipulative in any way. This is strategy that the Lord is showing us in helping us and helping our people be and worship in the way that we were designed to be and worship. So super important to have those four categories. So let's just do some final summary of what I've shared here. Firstly, I want to say we need all of these types of songs. So we talked about finding the song of the Lord and it was like, what is the song of the Lord? And how is that the song of the Lord? What is God saying right now? Then we talked a little bit about what is the sound of the people. And you can do that by studying the demographic, the location, the genre, the age group, the country that you're in studying, the sound of what people are listening to right now. And then we talked about the different songs that you can write or different songs you can choose. Petition, declaration, invocation, and invitation. And finally, I want to say this to you. Write and choose songs from personal revelation of who he is and what the prophets and the pastors are saying. There needs to be a connection or you will not come alive to it. Can I say this again? Don't just simply choose songs of worship because everybody else is doing it. I say this gently, but it's a mindless way of choosing songs. It, it's, it's easy because it takes the responsibility of us, you know, having to be really thoughtful about it and being worried that we can't choose the right way. But I'm telling you, you have strategies now that can help you to be more strategic for your teams. I would love to know if you try this and let me know how you go. We've seen incredible value take place, incredible strides in worship take place as people have used these ideas to choose songs specific. And let me just pray for you 
right now because it is a big thing to do. It takes a lot of thought and it, it, it can be a little bit of a scary thing leaping into something so unknown. But I want to pray over you and just ask the Lord to help you with this. So Father God, right now, I thank you for every single person listening. Lord, I ask you to help them to find your song in the sound of the people, Lord, so that we may rise to the occasion right now, what is happening in the earth and around the earth right now, that our songs would rise and match and meet you, Father, that it would resonate with the sounds that are coming from heaven, that we wouldn't just be the, the warm-up before the preaching or the important bits of church, Lord, but that actually from the moment the strum of the guitar or the note of a piano is played, from the moment a sound comes out of their lips, Father God, there is a connection to the heavenlies, there is a connection to your heart, and that this would be a way that these strategies, Lord, would be a way of revealing and bringing revelation of your heart for the specific people groups that you want to minister to. Lord, we pray for every church that is going to try this. We pray for every worship leader. We pray for every worshiper. I pray for every pastor that is listening right now. And I say, Lord, open the windows of heaven so that they may hear your sound. They may hear your song and let us sing it with you, with all our hearts, Lord, those songs of invitation, those songs of invocation, those songs of petition, those songs of declaration, Lord, and songs of adoration. We give you glory with the sound that is coming from our instruments and our lips. In Jesus' name, amen. Be blessed. Thanks so much for listening to Release the Sound, a podcast on prophetic worship. If you're hungry for more, head to romawaterman.com where you can check out my book, Releasing Heaven's Song, Singing Over Your Nation for Breakthrough and Revival. It includes activations that you can use with your team or even on your own. And I've also got an online school where we have several courses on the prophetic, worship, spirituality and creativity. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review. And until then, I pray that you will release the song of heaven over your family, your church, and even your nation. And I look forward to sharing with you in the next Release the Sound Prophetic Worship Podcast.